Digital content that educates, empowers, and inspires people over 50. You're listening to the Internet Over 50 Digital Network. Hey, it's Chris coming up this week on the Pickleball Show. I agree, Rocket. I'm with you. Uh, Anything we can do to help grow the sport without the use of vegetables would be a great thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's coming up next. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free. Hey, it's CJ, and here's the guy that inspires every left-handed pickleball player everywhere to switch to right-handed. It's Chris Allen. Live from the Internet Over 50 Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, this is the Pickleball Show. I am your host, Chris Allen. Pickleball people are great, and the game, the sport is just awesome. But let's face it, folks, we're all human. We get annoyed sometimes. We get a little bit griped sometimes about things. I certainly do. And I wanted to have a couple of people on that are just, if pickleball is a religion, these guys are both saints in the religion. These guys have done more to help grow the sport, expand awareness, and do great things for pickleball than any other 50 people combined you can think of. Up in Portland, Oregon, it's Ambassador Mike Hoxie. Hey, Mike. How you doing, Chris? Hey, doing well. Thanks for joining us today. And then over in Indiana, the one and only Rocket Grubs. Hey, Rocket. Hey, good evening, Chris. Thank you both, gentlemen, for joining me on this episode where we might be able to get just a a couple of things off of our chest. I'm going to do a little What's Your Beef uh, episode here today. Thought that maybe you two guys, since you've done so much positive and so many good things that, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to just be 100% positive all the time. And maybe you might have a couple of things you might want to get off your chest. I'll go first, though. That way I'm not hanging either one of you guys out to dry. This thing has been bugging me for a while now, and it's really reached a boiling point with me. And uh, that's just the whole ball controversy. That hundredth episode when Melissa and I talked with Barney McCallum, and he said that about the ball. I've messed around with pickleball so much, I'm sick of it. <laughs> that's just so funny. So that, funny. That, it just, that was, yeah, it crystallized it for me. It's like, I feel that way in the past, I guess, few months or so. Because um, when I started our local club here, uh, we've just got, we've got a great facility and we've got the most awesome people in the world in this club. And when people would come from out of town, they'd email me and they'd, hey, we're coming through the area. We'd love to come play with you. And I would be so excited. Like, yeah, you've got to come check it out. You've got to come meet these people. And we would have a good time. We always have a good time. But it seems like after every time when I say, hey, what'd you think? They always say, oh, it was fun and everybody was great. But boy, that ball, you know, we just we just can't get used to that ball. And it just seems like it's gotten worse and worse where that that's like the biggest wedge between you know, me and my group and then and then playing and enjoying pickleball with other people is the thing with the ball. It's like, I don't care which one we use, just pick one and let's just lock it in, you know, make that the ball. Do you think, Mike, is that ever going to happen? Am I am I just dreaming? Well, what's funny is we talked about this many, many weeks ago in one of the early podcasts about the ball, and it is definitely more difficult today 
with more choices to figure out which ball you want to use. And I think Steve Pirano did a great job in the last Pickleball magazine talking about different surfaces. Right. Because it is going to boil down to playing on the right ball with the right surface. It's definitely difficult. It's definitely a challenge. I think it's harder now than where we were a year ago with more choices and more balls. And I strongly agree with you. It'd be nice to have the same experience every time. I guess that's part of the thing why why it's been griping me lately, Rocket, is because I thought la- this time last year, I thought, ooh, we, you know, we're starting to converge. They tightened up the bounce rule. It seems like, if anything, maybe it's gotten worse and not better. What do you think, Rocket? I, I do think you're a dreamer, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Here, here's here's what's going to happen, Chris. If if this sport truly does what everybody anticipates it's going to do here over the next few years, and it grows to eight million players, uh, you're going to see every Tom, Dick, and Harry and major sporting good company try to take advantage of that. Franklin just came out with their brand new ball at the U.S. Open. Uh, they sent a bunch of them home with us to try. Seems to play very, very nicely. But anyhow, Franklin's got one. I talked to the business development manager at Head while I was down at the U.S. Open. Mm -hmm. Sounds like they'll probably have a ball coming down the pike at some point in time. And you're going to continue to see that. I mean, as long as there's going to be a huge market out there, you're going to see the major sporting good companies in particular try to take advantage of that. I do think you're going to see, though, I believe, as you will over time start to see a little bit more consistency. Because if you understand right now, You know, we've got the Onyx Pure 2 that right now, when it comes out of the box, bounces too high. Okay, so it does take adjustment until you get it, you know, until you knock it around a while and it gets conditioned. Uh, Some of the other other balls do the same thing. So as long as they set their their bounce parameters, you know, and the speed that the ball is allowed to come off of a paddle, and they get all those things dialed in, and then all the companies have to adhere to that, I think you'll see more consistency in the bounce, but I still think you're going to continue to see more balls Coming down the pike. I don't, that's fine. I just want I want them to be the same, though. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to say, well, this no company except one particular company should be allowed to make balls. You can have a hundred different companies, but they need to be. If I close my eyes, I don't want to tell the difference between. I mean, like with tennis balls. I mean, can you you know can you open a can of pen tennis balls and tell the difference between a you know a Spalding ball or something with your eyes closed, Rocket? At at the upper levels, yes. At yeah, you had mentioned level, they have yes. different pressures and stuff like that, but but I just want them. I just want them. I guess do we need to tighten the uh, the bounce window even tighter? I don't know if it's going to be so much the bounce window because they're going to get all the balls now coming out of the cans after the first of the year. Supposedly, every ball that comes out of the can will meet the bounce parameters; otherwise, they will not be approved. So I think you're going to see more of a consistent bounce. But when you feel these balls, they're made out of, they have different textures to them. Mm-hmm. They have different materials that they're made out of. Even the, the Franklin ball that we're testing right now uh, that I brought home from the U.S. Open, when you hold it in your hand and feel it and squeeze it or whatever, it just uh, it feels somewhere between maybe the Dura and the Onyx uh-huh. right now. But it does it does feel different. So obviously, if it's made out of a little bit different material and it bounces within within the standards, it's going to be approved. But it's going to feel different when it comes off your paddle. And even the fun of the different temperatures, whether you're testing it in Florida or Texas or Chicago or Arizona, uh, around the country, the ball plays differently at different temperatures. And yeah, you know, Rocket, how many tournaments have you been to where it's 45, 50 degrees when you start the day? at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m., and then by midday, you're up in the 80s and 90s, and the ball's different. Well, and I, I think that's a great point, because in pickleball, yeah, we are moving around the different tournaments around the country and getting into different environments, and it 
I think pickleball may be, more than any other sport I can think of, the environment does affect the ball and the way it bounces, the way it plays, the, mm. the coldness and the heat. Uh, you know, because I was a lifelong tennis player, and yes, when we got into cold weather, the tennis ball didn't bounce quite as high, but it didn't have the dramatic differences that you noticed the way you do with the with the pickleballs. The big thing that I mentioned, the wedge that it seems like that's being driven between, I guess it's between indoor players and you know, and outdoor players uh, when they try to switch, is that the the indoor ball. The big complaint is the indoor ball bounces too high. It makes the third shot. Third shot's got to be just absolutely perfect. Otherwise, you're just, you know, and it turns it into more of a bangers game. That's the feedback that I get when I get visitors because we play at an indoor facility here. And when people come from the villages or come from Arizona or, you know, come from a predominantly outdoor scene, they say, ah, it was great. The people are awesome, but that darn ball just bounces too high. And it's just not a finesse game. It's a bangers game. Yeah. You know, it was fun, but we probably won't come back. And it's just like, darn, you know, I, it was it was so nice having them here and we had such a good time. And I just hate for the stupid ball thing to be, you know, the thing that just kind of ruins it, to be the fly in the ointment that day. Well, I hope the USAPA is listening to this show, Chris, because one of the things the USAPA has always been adamant about is maintaining the rules in such a way that it reflects what the heritage of the sport was all about. Yeah. And that was to keep the ball reasonably low and offense balanced with defense and all of those things. They've always been very careful to try to keep that within the rules and not let it get out of control. And right now it is. these balls. Some of these balls that are coming out of the box, they are bouncing too high. There's only so much you can do, but that conditioning thing just seemed like, oh, that's really reaching. Because I'm literally at the point where I'm putting a ball in a pot of boiling water seeing if I can deaden it, you know, if I it's like, can I boil this ball for 30 seconds and will that take enough life out of it to where it's like, a you know, instantly conditioned? Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> tests are still uh, ongoing here at the uh, Pickleball Show Laboratories. But, I look uh, forward to seeing a YouTube video of that, Chris, someday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, with tournaments, Chris, you're seeing a lot of tournaments People are deciding to go or not to go on which ball they're using. I know. I was look. I was looking for tournaments coming up, and it was surprising to see how many different balls are being used out there. And I think that is going to really begin to impact the sport more and more if we can't get this consistency dialed in. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we will. I guess we'll uh, we'll keep following it and everything. I feel better just talking about it. Makes me feel better. So. <laughs> <laughs> So Excellent. that was my that was my beef. So that's off my chest now, and I can breathe a little bit easier. And uh, what about you, Rocket? I read a, a great thing in in your newsletter, which everybody, if you're not a subscriber to Rocket's All About Pickleball newsletter, you need to be. And uh, I will link to it in the show notes here, and be, make sure that you never miss another issue. But you had an article, uh, a little a little rant uh, there last week, Rocket, that uh, started. I think the title was "Squash the Pickle." <laughs> Occasionally. I do get up on my soapbox, all right? Yay! You know, and a lot of times the things that I'll write in our, our newsletter, the articles I'll do, are meant to create a conversation. But it's mm -hmm. usually something that I kind of do have on my heart. And this is, this is just one of those things where we are in a time right now with pickleball that we've never, ever seen before. The growth that's going on right now is phenomenal. And when I see out on the internet or I see, you know, running down the street, Somebody with a picture of a pickle on their shirt or on their car, and they're talking about pickleball, and they're relating that to pickleball. To me, that is 
<laughs> that that is somewhat negative to our sport. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I I know people are having fun with it when they do that, but I can go back through the 52 years of history and I see nowhere where Barney or anybody else ever mentions a vegetable or a fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and but yet somebody somebody along the line has has attached that vegetable or a fruit to our sport, and because of that, what I what I believe does happen, you know, and maybe not to a great extent. But, you know, we are all the time out there trying to overcome the name. And I think the name has very well been overcome at this point in time because we're growing like wild right now. But the challenges are still in this country, probably 298 million players or people that have not tried the sport of pickleball yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and when, when they get their first impression of pickleball, if they're getting it from the Internet, especially when they type in pickleball and they look at images of what pickleball looks like and the first things that pop up are pictures of pickles, what kind of message are we sending to those people that right now don't have a a person to talk to? They're just kind of forming their opinion based on what they find out on the internet. And now all of a sudden we have to overcome that. I agree, Rocket. I'm with you. Uh, Anything we can do to help grow the sport without the use of vegetables would be a great thing. Well, what's been interesting about it is that since that article went out, there's been a few that have emailed me directly and said, hey, Rocket, you need to lighten up. You know, we mm-hmm. you know, we, we teach pickleball here and it's going just fine and we've got pickles on our shirt. You know, and I emailed them back. I said, hey, that's great. Anything you're doing to grow the sport, if it's working, is fine. But I said, you know, you're in a little bubble there in your community where, yeah, everybody is in agreement that you're going to wear that shirt. And you're able to get people playing, great. Mm-hmm. But it's the other 298 million people that I'm concerned about that are forming their own opinion before we get to talk to them. Yeah. Okay. And if they just look at it as something associated with a vegetable or some little rinky-dinky sport, you know, they're not apt to try it. They're not apt to even ask anybody about it because they've already based their opinion on something that uh, is totally, well, it's fake news. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I'll make sure that I have a, an accurate email address for you, Rocket, because I'm sure you're going to get more emails, you and I both, <laughs> <laughs> based on us talking about it today. Well, I did get a lot of supportive emails, though. I got a ton of emails that came in from everybody that said, yes, let's make sure that we're always representing our sport professionally. And if we do that, it's just going to continue to, to be great out there for all the ambassadors that are trying to build this in every community. Sounds good. Now, how do you do you feel a little bit better after getting that off your chest? Much, much better. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well, Mike, we're just all relaxed here and uh, we just feel so much better. And now it's your turn. Well, I'm going to go ahead and pick up the hot potato of referees Uh because that that is an ongoing challenge. Make sure I got a good email address for you. (laughs) Well, I I would love to say I have the solution, but I certainly would love some support. Well, tell us, uh, tell us about, tell us about it. When did this start, Mike? You can just pretend like you're laying on a couch here, and Rocket and I are, <laughs> we've got our notepads. And uh, when did you first discover you had this uh, this gnawing feeling about the referees? It has uh, continually grown over the last three years as I run more pickleball tournaments and go to more pickleball tournaments. I love all the people that volunteer and need to start off by thanking them for helping. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty every time I have to beg them for just one more match. Can you please ref one more match? It's great to have a core group of people, but we really, as a pickleball community, 
have to work together and help out in the refing. Rocket, I'm sure you have a few feelings about referees as well. I do. My first feeling is you got to have them. Every match, you got to have them. That's the sport of pickleball. That's tournament pickleball. So, yeah, it's very important that you do have them in place. I think it's really critical to have those referees, especially in the tournaments, to really legitimize the sport and help the sport continue to grow. Mm -hmm. It is much better going to a tournament that has referees in every match, and it takes a giant volunteer base to get there. Until we can find a structure for paid referees, until we can find a better certification process for referees, it is a big challenge right now, and it's something that I think needs a lot more discussion and direction. Is there something, Mike, where if you were made, you know, king for the day, you were the pickleball king for the day, would would you pass some sort of immediate edict or rule or something you would do to help right away? Well, I would like to have a tiered certification process, much like how you have NFL referees and college referees and high school referees, some sort of tiered system. Maybe it mirrors along with the sanctioning tiering as if you're this level tier you have this quality ref, and maybe it pays this amount. Something where it's tied in together, where as a sanctioned tournament at this tier, you have this level of referee requirement. So maybe we don't have to have professional referees at every match on every tournament because it's only the lower level tier instead of a higher level tier tournament. Mm -hmm. Something crazy like that, I think, would be interesting. Okay, I have a thought or two around this. Yeah, Rocket. From our tiny town here in Brookville, from the first time we held a tournament here with 60 players, we have put a referee on every court for every match. And we travel to about 35 tournaments a year now between you know me and, and the boys and the others on the Pickleball Rocks team. And other than the U.S. Open, every tournament that we travel to has a referee on court for every match. And that's been for years. I mean, I, I've been playing pickleball for eight years, and virtually every tournament that I've ever gone to has had a referee on court for every match. To me, that's part of the, again, I, I'm, I'm big on heritage, okay? I'm big on history. When you come into this sport, you take an average athlete and give them a tournament experience. I think it's been important to our sport, and that's what drives a lot of our tournaments, our, especially our smaller community tournaments, in the fact that that's what makes it different from just social pickleball. You know, when you go two or three days a week and play socially on the courses as compared to going to a tournament. Mm -hmm. When you go to a tournament, it feels different. And it feels different when you've got a person just standing there on the, on the court, keeping score for you, and keeping their eyes on the kitchen line. To me, they don't need to know all the rules. They don't need to be watching all the other lines. That's really not part of the, the referee's job, okay? It's great when our great referees can do that, but literally they need how to know how to keep score and watch the kitchen lines. And when you put that person on that court with those four players, I think those four players so appreciate that. I mean, every tournament that we've ever run, we've had such great feedback from our tournaments because it feels we make it feel like a very different experience than this, the normal everyday social pickleball. And so, you know, I, I, I do like Mike's idea of, of the tiered referees. Someday we go to that, okay, and can get to that. But for right now, to me, it's not that big a deal. Again, back here in the Midwest, we have good-sized tournaments back here, and every one of them will have a referee on every single court for every match. And in many cases, they haven't been trained very well. But if there's a rules controversy, you bring out the tournament director and say, okay, Here's what happened. What's the ruling? You know, and you fix it. And that doesn't happen that often. 
But it's more the experience that you give those players when they come to a tournament than having the top-notch, you know, a certified paid referee on every court. Right. I agree with you, Rocket. That player experience, I think, should be the center part of the discussion as far as what would it take to improve the referees. I know we have pockets of the country that have great volunteers and a great structure around it. And I think we, just as a pickleball community, need to keep working together to share those success stories. Don't reinvent the wheel. If it works over here, then let's try it over there. And I think if we continue to work as a pickleball community, we can continue to get better in this painful subject of referees. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I, I'll tell you, one of the, the persons that probably doesn't get enough credit for some of the bigger tournaments out there, but David Jordan, to me, does a tremendous job. If you ask him to be your referee coordinator for a tournament, he does it for the Huntsman World Senior Games every year. He's done it for the Nationals for a number of years. By the time he gets to the tournament, every referee for every match is in place and locked into a schedule. But he does all that well ahead of time. And he's got it down to almost a science. And so I think we ought to give him some credit and maybe tap into his, his knowledge maybe a little bit more than what some parts of the country do. Great idea. Now, Mike, do you feel uh, you feel a change at all? You feel any better now? I do. Thank you. <laughs> we all feel better, gentlemen. Thank you. That was nice. That was cathartic. A cathartic release there. This is great therapy. I'd like to do this more often. <laughs> That uh, I mentioned that you guys have done more, you know, individually to to grow the sport uh, than than any fifty other people I think I could think of combined. Let us uh, take a minute here and and uh, tell us what you're up to now. What about you, Mike? So I just wrapped up five tournament series called the 2017 Selkirk Amazing Pig Chase <laughs> with my company Pickleball is great. We have a logo for a pig, and we did a tournament of five tournaments and over the winter season indoors we just had a round robin local tournament it was lots of fun and since working with melissa on using the pickleball tournament software continuing to grow the tournaments and not just be locked into the summer season and really those people that are committed to playing in tournaments can play all year long even up here in the wet northwest so it was a fun time i'm continuing to book more tournaments to run with the pickleball tournament software and my pickleball is great company throughout the summer and looking at even next year great that sounds good and i guess the uh, the, the pig logo you mentioned it's because pickleball is great and you're using the pig for that so that'll I make it easy to remember am. easy to remember there and we will link to it in the show notes and you can check out mike hoxie's company pickleball is great and will that be at pickleballisgreat.com? Absolutely. You got it. All right. Sounds good. What about you, Rocket? You've always got uh, 20 or 30 different plates that you're spinning at the same time, like on the Ed Sullivan show. What's going on <laughs> with you lately? Well, I'll tell you, in the, in the last 60 days, we've we've had a uh, interesting story going on up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We have opened the Pickleball Rocks Training and Fun Academy in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it is sponsored by an organization or a company called uh, Parkview Sports Medicine, which is part of Parkview Health Systems. And I think that might be very interesting to your readers, especially the ambassadors and champions that are out there right now in their communities trying to build pickleball in the fact that this was not our idea to start a training academy. We do have 29 different plates in the air, as, <laughs> as you know, all the time. We're traveling the tournament. And, you know, our job is to be out there helping pickleball grow. And all of a sudden, out of the blue here a few months ago, Parkview Health Systems, which is one of the largest health care systems in the state of Indiana, came to us and asked us 
we see pickleball. We recognize pickleball. We understand it's a fast-growing sport, and we also understand that it would be a great market for our physical therapist and for our nutritionist and, you know, our sports medicine division. And would you guys be interested in opening a training academy in Fort Wayne? Wow. They came to you. And our first reaction to that was no. <laughs> that really <laughs> that really does not fit into our business plan at all. I've messed around with pickleball so much I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> We weren't necessarily sick of pickleball, but we do have so many plates out there, and that really didn't seem to fit into our business plan at all. So we had a had a family and a team meeting and thought about it for a while, and eventually we, we said, yeah, it's going to be good for the, not only Fort Wayne, it'll be good for the region. And so, yeah, we opened the training academy back on February 28th, and it has just taken off like gangbusters. Pickleball Rocks Training and Fun Academy, and we'll link to that as well in the show notes. You got any tournaments coming up soon, Rocket? There is a big indoor national tournament in Cartersville, Georgia, and it is benefiting St. Jude. Okay, oh. and everybody know who St. Jude is, and so they are putting on a big tournament in Cartersville. We're going to be attending that, trying to do some special things while we're down there to raise some money for St. Jude. And so I'm going to be partnering with a, a gentleman that most of your listeners probably know, and that is uh, Jack Thomas. Oh, yeah, former uh, USAPA ambassador chair. And now the vice president of the USAPA. So, yeah, Jack and I are going to be teaming up down there, and Jack and I have decided that we are going to, here in the next evening or two, put something out on Facebook where we're going to ask people to sponsor he and I and our team, okay? And we're going to ask them to donate money for every point that we score during that tournament, during our event. And then whatever that sponsorship raises, that money is going to be then donated to St. Jude at the end of the tournament. And uh, we will certainly thank everybody for supporting that great cause, but especially doing it through uh, Jack and I. That's great, and we will be happy to link to it and make sure that uh, we shout it from the mountaintops and that everybody knows about it. Uh, We'll link to that in the show notes. No fair colluding with the other team to run up the score to like you know 49 to 47 or something like that uh <laughs> hadn't thought of that until now Chris. Okay. yeah we'll leave it to me to always be trying to look for the angle there <laughs> hey and just another quick thing that i'll throw out here to you also the pickleball rocks team this whole week up through sunday if anybody goes to our shopping site which is pickleballshopping.com and they get to the end of their shopping experience and they enter the discount code St. Jude 10, they enter that discount code. That's going to get them 10% off on their order. Anything that they order from Pickleball Rocks this week. And that will all get donated to St. Jude as part of this tournament experience as well. So we appreciate anybody that could help us with that. Great. So you get 10% off plus the the proceeds go to St. Jude. Exactly. Okay. And we will, of course, link to that too. And that coupon code is St. Jude 10. That's S-T-J-U-D-E-1-0. And we'll plug that link in there as well. That is so thoughtful of you and kind to figure out a way to where you can have some fun. You can help a worthy cause as well. So as always, hats off to you, Rocket. You're always an innovator and you're always pushing the edge of the envelope and growing the sport any way you can. So uh, just keep it up, and, and we just love having you on and love hearing about what you're doing. Well, appreciate you helping spread the word, Chris. Thank you. And if you're in need of tournament services, check out Mike Hoxie's pickleballisgreat.com. Mike, great to talk with you. Hope you'll join us again. Absolutely. Thank you.
And an update on the World Series of Pickleball coming to Asheville September 29th, 30th, October 1st. The format is evolving and it is going to be spectacular. Each of the three days is going to be unique. Day one, it is a Wild West day. Anybody can be your partner. Anybody can be your opponent. And we are going to raise money for charity as well. Days two and three, that is when you team up with your partner that you registered with. Just like any other tournament, you go in as a team and you go for the goal together. You can read all about the format and what makes each day unique and the fun that we're going to have at WSOPB.com. That stands, of course, for World Series of Pickleball.com. And you know what? Even if you typed in World Series of Pickleball.com, that'll take you there. PickleballWorldSeries.com, that'll take you there too. But the main website is WSOPB.com. Now, we were joking about having accurate email addresses, and we do have an email address that you can use anytime we'd love to hear from you mail at pickleballshow.com that's mail at pickleballshow.com also head over to itunes if you get a chance hit that subscribe button you'll never miss an episode of the pickleball show it'll just download automatically for you in your podcast feed couldn't be more convenient if you feel it's appropriate and you're over on iTunes, please leave us one of those five-star reviews, which helps boost us up in the rankings and makes it a lot easier for other pickleball players to find the show. I'm Chris Allen. This is The Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show was brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.